I don't always take the opportunity in dedications to talk <coughs> about children, about parenting, about life, but I really felt that God wanted me to share in this vein today. And because of so many things, obviously, but God's emphasis on next generations. And as I have told you before, it's so important to apply truth forward. Apply truth forward. I hope today that the word will affirm what is right. In other words, we don't get everything wrong. We probably get more things right than we do wrong. But at the same time, I pray that it will be an encouragement and, that this, and also if there is an alignment and an adjustment that needs to be done, we apply it forward. Regret will never get you to, you know, a better state. You cannot constantly revisit the scene of the crime. Health will never come. You know, the tomorrows will always be burdened with yesterday then. So, I say that because uh, the word of God is not meant to come to condemn us. However, it may convict us. It's not meant to doom us. It's meant to enlighten us. There are some things in life that we don't have a do-over in. You can't do them over. In other words, you only have one chance to parent a two-year-old. Because it's going to be a three-year-old. And it is progressively going to change the stages. And so therefore, we say that because, you know, you only got one chance. And that moment in time is extremely important, extremely valuable. My title of the message is Crafting Arrows. This one's missing. Something. <laughs> On purpose. Okay. Wes. Missing a point. <laughs> but crafting arrows. It says in Psalms 
127, behold, children are the heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward like arrows. In the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Of all the resources in life, none is as great as the resource of children. It's important that you don't leave them behind. They are the most valuable natural resource and our greatest treasure. It is a responsibility and it is also a privilege entrusted by God in the hands of frailty to help to fashion the next generation for God. It was the book of Deuteronomy that says, first of all, to the trainer, they first are the ones to put into practice the word of God. And then they becomes a responsibility that they are to tell their children. And then it goes on and says that there's another generation in which we communicate the word of God to. That is the, the grandkids. We have a role that is ours and powerfully Graciously speaking this morning, the number of dysfunctional lives is far too many. Edmund Burke said this, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. My. The role that we, we have in fashioning. In Proverbs 22 and 6, it says, says train a child. And in order to train a child, you must get to know the child. In the way that he should go. The word there really, you know what I mean, is not, you're just not trying to make him a Christian. You're trying to find out how God designed them. The bent. The personality that they have their strengths, their weaknesses, what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, the fears they have and the courages that they have. And God says, when you discover that and you help them go in that direction, they are going to be a fulfilled 
child, and they're going to be on target. They're going to be on target. And what we discover is this. One size does not fit all. Somebody help me out. Say, amen or oh me. We're, we're applying truth forward. One size does not fit all. Take a look at your kids. The personalities, their makeups, their strengths, their weaknesses. Where, how they lean and how they don't lean. You discover it. The special way of doing something, the design, the recognized bent. It says you're a warrior, hence the bow and arrow. You're a warrior. You've been charged with the duty of training. You've been charged with pushing back evil that seeks to prey upon and destroy the God-given design. A trained warrior is someone that has battlefield vision. That anticipates the future and also assesses the danger. They seize opportunities. You don't want to treat your children like they were made in a factory, that they're all the same. They're unique. And they are wonderfully made. Hallelujah. That's what David said. I think it's really important that you delight in your children. It's really important that you delight in your child. If they're soft in their heart, maybe there's some shyness about them. Training requires relationship. Relationship. Now, it seems that nobody does relationships better than moms. But I want to prod the dads a little bit. Society tells us that the reasons our jails are full is because of the absence not of mothers, but of fathers. Fathers. The great duo. 
If two of you shall agree as touching any one thing, <laughs> hallelujah, come on church, this is, you know, we, we just narrow this down sometimes, you know what I mean? But most powerful duel, in my opinion, that there is, is husband and wife, parenting together, getting along, agreeing. Because it says this, it says that, you know, if you're at odds with one another, your prayers are going to have a term, hard time getting answered. It's called targets. It's called aiming. It's called agreement. Bible says that there's power in unity. And Paul wrote in Ephesians and says that the point of unity is the point of agreement. Hallelujah. Praise God. Investing in our kids. Frederick Douglass said this, it's easier to build a child than it is to repair an adult. It's easier to build strong children than repair broken adults. So that brings us to our words and our actions and how much power they have in a child's life and how we need to, you know, use them so wisely. Because they're your greatest investment in the, in the future. It does not stop, you know, at the kitchen sink or at the front door. It doesn't end at 18. No. We are not, we do not carry the same authority in the same uh, realm as when they were under our care. But that doesn't mean that we're, our hands are washed of responsibility. My mom and my dad would frequently have to say, let me give you some advice. Now it's up to the individual to receive it, but whoa. Advice. Don't be afraid to give your kids advice. Because they are the rocks from which the future is going to be built. And we're going to get to the, the arrow. We're going to pass from this life and our children are going to take our place. And they're going to inherit, inherit 
many of those spots that we fulfilled. We've got to give them godly ideals that inspire them. And I emphasize the word inspire. That inspire them. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Not meant to be kept in the quiver, but released to make an impact. An impact for Christ. And it says they shall not be ashamed. They will speak with effect. They will bring honor to the family. And they'll, you know, be evident that your counsel was good. They will speak with the enemies in the gate. They will be defenders of the city, the home, defenders of peace. So as parents, you just don't tell your children how to live. You live and let them watch you. How you live. What? Excuse me, why? Because when you sit in a shade tree or under a shade tree, You are sitting there because someone invested, someone planted. If you get get the picture of that. The history of America written in our books tells of the investments that have been made to make the shades trees that we have and sit under today. I wonder if we give God thanks for past generations this morning. Amen? Would you do that? Absolutely. Like arrows that need to be carefully made. Yes. The arrow has a makeup. And I am not a scholar with bow or arrow or rifle and gun bullets. But in my limited perspective, I understand that there is the shaft. There is the fletching or the feathers. There is the knock. And there is the point which is missing in this one. When they're all fashioned and framed and put together right, they're very effective. Beautifully designed For impact and for purpose. So this morning, let me talk to you quickly about four specific goals with regard to your arrows as you craft them. Four primary arrows, arenas 
that make an arrow a successful arrow. The first one is the shaft, the very body or the core. It has to do with identity and destiny. Both are closely linked. Identity, the shaft. It starts out not smooth, not always. It starts out, you know what I mean, needing lots of attention and lots of care, lots of straightening, lots of sanding the rough spots. Starts out needing to have balance, both in its size and its length. It's the core. It's so important because everything else is attached to the shaft. The point is attached to the shaft. The feathers that affect and keep it, you know, going straight is connected to the shaft and the knock. It cannot be a recipient of, of the power of the bow, which is the parent, without the knock. It's what holds it in place. So I think, first of all, we need to make, need to make sure that our child's life is on point with God. On point with God. We've been made in God's image, in God's likeness. We need to instruct and impress our children. A child that he or she is an image of God and inspire them to want to uphold the image of God. See, it's not all about your image and my image. It's about God's image, church. Hallelujah. We can start to break down the image of God. We won't spend too much time with that, but food for thought. What really makes up God's image? Well, God's image is one he's excited about life. God is life. An image of God is that God is, you know, love. And we, you just can go and start to build this, you know, best I can do is a stick man. But a good artist, they really can make, draw a picture, you know, that you really can see the details of it. Remember Ethel Stockwell? She could just, you know, chalk draw, and all of a sudden, you know, out of nowhere came this 
shepherd with a staff and a, and a lamb. Some people can do that. You know what I mean? But I hope that just to set us in a, on a course here. What do we want the child to look like? That truly represents the image of God. That identity, if the child's concept is warped, if it's not straight, if it's not strong, then his flight in life will be warbly. It'll be inconsistent, unfulfilled, and frustrating. Scripture says that God gave man and woman identity. Set apart by God to be his people, born with unique and divinely imprinted identities. So you want a healthy child, you got to give them a good identity. Help them discover the creator's design, the idea that he had when he called him into life. And the three areas of identity is spiritual identity. At focusing on and discovering more about what God's image looks like, as we said, and how you can impress it into their lives and when you can move beyond appearance to the truths of things on point with God. It's really what commandments are about. It's really what Jesus is about when he came. People have got off point with God. It filled in a lot of mix and a lot of mixtures. The image of God had been somehow distorted through the, through the hundreds of years. That God's a legalistic and God is a punisher and God is, you know what I mean? He's just waiting for you to make a mistake. Wrong image of God. He's not. God is wanting to help us discover. There's a lot of rebellion today in the effort to discover who they are. Be yourself. And they're going in a hundred different directions. But I can't fault them because they're trying to find out who they are. (coughs) And so particularly as parents, 
we sit in a place of authority and influence and to help these kids. So then at teenagehood and adulthood, they're not trying to still discover who they are. They may still be developing who they are. Clay, can I say something? I've always admired you, and and we grew up, I'm a little older than you, but I've always admired you. Because you had a hard, you had a good handle, you know what I mean, on who you were. You did. It wasn't arrogance. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't just like, you know, uh, shove you off, you know, no big deal. No. Strong, you know, concept of who God made him, him to be. Now, sometimes people don't always like the way God made you to be, but, you know. Then your emotional or soul identity, your identity, your emotional or personal values, the principles, the standard of behavior, the judgment, those things that define you and what you feel. A healthy soul, your collective perspective, your emotional identity, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Every one of those need to be sanctified. What does sanctify mean? Set apart. The God of peace wants to set your mind, your emotions apart to him. Your self-worth, your value, your thought life, your highs and your lows. He wants to be involved with, with all of them. Your good days and your bad days. I think for emotional stability, you have to go ahead and teach kids about the love of God before you start to add to the wagon. Somebody give the Lord a praise I need. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, we've got so much weight on the wagon, you know what I mean? And there's no power to move the wagon. when love becomes that passion that driving force you know not because you have to but because it's so awesome your kids are not loving you because they have to it's because you're so awesome (laughs) I guarantee it They might be as blind as can be, but that's okay. They love you because you're so awesome. You've made a million mistakes, but the things that they remember is that you're awesome. 
And when they have issues and have problems, what do they do? They come to the awesome one. Right? They do. So we got to teach and instruct. God is awesome. And they need to know they're awesome. God thinks you're awesome this morning, no matter where you're at. He thinks you're awesome. And nothing can diminish his love. His love went into action when we were in our worst state. So his love is not dependent upon your worst state or your best state. Oh, hallelujah. Identity. And then your spiritual identity, your emotional identity, and may, can I cover the subject of your sexual identity? Your sexual orientation. It's determined at birth. It says that in the image of God made he them male and female. Your mind, your emotions, and society do not get to decide your sexual identity. I'll still be here next Sunday, I hope. (laughs) It's not a bad thing. If we lose our identity, we lose our way. We're frustrated in life. Does God hate you because you get your identity messed up? No. He wants you to help. He wants to help us get it straightened out. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. He's been helping me on my, not my sexual identity, but, but I mean, my emotional identity and my spiritual identity, he's had to work a lot on it. He's had to help me with my pastoral identity. I mean, you know, He's always trying to help us work on our identities. Because we got to go back to the drawing board, back to the architect. Hallelujah. You were made in the image of God and you are valuable to God. That's the shaft. Got to get the shaft right.
the next thing is, is the arrows. Excuse me, excuse me, the feathers on the arrow. This has to do with identity and character. It's called the fletching. They provide guidance, stability, guidance in flight. So your mental and moral qualities, your disposition and your temperament. No one is born an automatic with good character. It's not even a hereditary trait. It's established, character is. By conscientious adherence to moral values and excellency. This thing called character keeps this arrow from going like this through the air. Keeps the back end, the back end, and the front end, the front end. It stabilizes it as it flies to its target. When the character is off point, then like arrows, the child goes off course. And when the fletching is not dependable, the arrow could be dangerous. But when the fletching is right and it is properly installed, it'll fly straight. Is that okay? It'll fly straight. We apply truth going forward. We apply truth going forward. As you watch in order to develop and craft the fletching, you want to look at how does your child respond to authority? How do they respond to circumstances? Conduct in life. Are they truthful? Are they dependable? Are they diligent? Character is really the sum of his disposition, his thoughts, his intentions, his desires and actions. Character is primary. There's a lot of things that are secondary, but character is primary. It's the foundation of all true success. I don't know if you read the headlines recently of some of the... the, Revelations of some of the successful people in Hollywood. And all of a sudden, the evidence of their character. And while they were at a high yesterday, they are at the lowest of low today, all because the missing character, you know what I mean, caused it to get off track. Character is response slash ability. 
There is such a thing as responsibility. Character is response-ability. Life throws. Life has many different elements to it, and it's how you respond is going to prove your ability. Somebody give the Lord a praise again. Amen. Yeah, church. Amen. Always remember, God is for you and not against you. I am for you and not against you. Daniel. It says that Daniel purposed in his heart. Proverbs 11 says this, that the integrity of the upright will guide them. But the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Does that mean God is mean? No. It means that this is real life. And then 2 Peter chapter 1 talks about the ingredients that add to stability in our lives. To God be the glory, great things he has done. What time is it? I didn't wear my watch that rattled my wrist for a reason, but I really went long this morning. But I'm not done. But I will ask my musicians to come. That helps me go longer. <laughs> now, then there's the knock. There's the knock. And that has to do with relationships. It is what attaches the arrow to the bow, which is the parent's. It's not going any place without the force and the power that's in the bowl. Relationship. The relationships that build trust, relationships that build assurance, relationships that build patience. All that that is pent up in the power of the parent cannot be transferred if there's not relationship. Relationship. It keeps the air in place on the string until the power is released or the timing and the aim is there. It's that intersection with God and with people that power transfers occurs. We're not intended to make a journey through life alone. We need the strength, the comfort, the encouragement, the resources, and the power, power that's provided by God and by others. When you try to teach truth without relationship, in relationship with the child, it'll invariably produce rebellion. 
Now that's different than someone getting off course. Someone can be off course and still honor you and love you, and that is a fantastic requirement trait. The fact is, the Bible says that in the leadership of the church, you know what I mean? You can't be always guaranteed that, you know, people are not going to make various decisions. But it does require this, that the children always have honor for their parents. Well, that's what, it, that's what it says. So he says, that's what he's talking about. You know what I mean? And to get that, you could have relationship. It has to be more than just biological. Right. Although that's a strong thing, right? It's a strong thing. It's going to be relationship. I got I to gotta move quickly. Building them the ability to, to love others. And the last one is, of course, the point. And that's the mission. Determine the target that you know the Lord wants for your child. God's purpose, overarching purpose for his life. The realm of influence that he's going to place them. It's the finishing touch. It's the point, the last essential equality to craft into every child. Because every person needs a real purpose. And it seems that, that, and I reiterate this, it seems that the way that God, you know, somehow gets us to our purpose is to affirm his love in us. To affirm his love. Within that framework, there's always hope. There's always recovering person's mission, a person's passion. Sometimes we'll get off course and you got to help steer them back on course. Spiritually, emotionally, and vocationally. You got to help steer them back on. As you stand with me this morning, thank you for your great long attention. But I did have a bow and an arrow without a point it still hurt. <laughs> There's a beautiful day planned for us today. We've had a beautiful day with this, with this dedication. And could I encourage you and all the young families and all the grandparents and all the adults that are here there's somehow there is a young person, there is a child connected to your life. God has placed Jill with not just a beautiful family, but many young people, kids. My daughter, the same way. Jana, various ones. And in this church, God has got people that are connecting. the lives of next generations and no matter how gray our head gets and 
how many years we haven't spent in life, you're going to have opportunity. You have opportunity. And they're not always two, three, four, five, six, seven, 18, 19 year olds. Sometimes they're 30, 40 year olds. And they needed input in their life. They needed input in their life. Apply truth forward. Amen? Apply truth forward. There's a way that seems right unto man. You, you, you will have to deal with those man right ways. But it says it does not lead to life. And I hope I wasn't too strong this morning, but the devil's too aggressive and I'm just going to start being aggressive too. I'm going to be aggressive. Hallelujah. Because I claim a generation for God. And I'm going to get my arrow right. Amen. Hallelujah. How many still love me? All right. Give the Lord a praise God. Go with God. He's going to go with you. And let's go and have fun with the next generation, shall we? Amen. God bless you.